You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. We are live on YouTube. If you do not subscribe to us on YouTube, why do you not? And why are you not here with us every Friday, 5.30, 6.30 Eastern, breaking down the injury report and all the latest Packers news this week as they take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And there is some major, in fact, late-breaking news on the injury front. Mike Garofolo and Ian Rappaport reporting Zadarius Smith is uh, having back surgery and is going to miss a significant amount of time, potentially out the season. The Packers hope he could get back at some point. And this raises a lot of questions. This was a situation that was already very bizarre. Matt LaFleur had been evasive in answering questions about the status of Zadarius Smith. What was going on with him? Was there something going on beyond just this injury? Every time he got brought up, every time a media person asked Matt LaFleur a question about Zadarius Smith, he would equivocate. He would dissemble. He would be evasive to the point that just that, just Matt LaFleur's response to those questions started to have people wondering. And then we had the reports from uh, Mike Florio. So, you know, your your mileage may vary on that, but that Zedaria Smith was unhappy with his contract. In fact, he then made it known he was, in fact, unhappy with his contract, posting on Instagram that he needed a raise. He was miffed that he didn't get the captain's patch, getting a a, a chain with the, the captain's C on it, or at least posting on Instagram that he needed to get it. And there has been some of that subliminal stuff going on. There is more to this story. Okay. There is more going on behind the scenes. And I don't think the, the full story is being told by any side right now. Zadarius has been quiet. Uh, I, I don't doubt that he is hurt. I don't think we should we should say, oh, he's faking it. He's hurt. He's had surgery, back surgery. That's real. And, and that is a serious move for an athlete to make. So let's let's not go there. Let's not play that game. But this is a big blow for the Green Bay Packers because Preston Smith has had a good start to the season. Rashawn Gary plays hard, but is not anywhere near the pass rusher that Zadarius Smith was and is yet. Can he get there? Potentially. He he right now is getting pressures and sacks on sheer effort and, and athletic ability. Power mostly. And he's still getting run past the quarterback, unfortunately, by tight ends. Um, luckily, Preston Smith is playing really well. Uh, Kenny Clark is playing his ass off. And the uh, the approach from the Packers has been fine. We'll blitz. And, and that has been productive. They hit Jimmy Garoppolo 11 times on Sunday night. So they don't quote unquote need Zadarius Smith. They don't need him. But that doesn't mean he wouldn't be 
I don't know, really nice to have, right? He he would be really nice to have. And, and I think for the Packers to truly reach their potential, you would you would prefer to have Zadarius Smith out there. I, I don't think there's there's anyone who would say, oh, this team is better without Zadarius Smith. I think the defense, there's no question, has suffered because Zadarius Smith has not been out there. And I said this on Twitter, and, and Cyrus is asking it in the comments. I think that there is a good chance. Now, is it more likely than not? I don't know. But is there is a good chance that Zadarius Smith has taken his last snap as a Green Bay Packer. I do not think this decision to get back surgery was made lightly. Rarely is that the case. Back surgeries are tricky, tricky. And like Steve Kerr, who had chronic back pain, terrible back pain, got the surgery and was like, this was a mistake. He, he wished he hadn't gotten surgery. And this is post-playing career. These things, I mean, if, if Zedarius is going to be available this offseason because the Packers move on, because it's, it is a huge cap hit. He knew that. That was one of the reasons why he felt like uh, he wanted an extension this past offseason and not um, a, a restructure. This is according to reports. If the Packers do move on, he I don't know what kind of contract he's going to be able to command coming off back surgery, a, a year that, that he missed. And it's not just, you know, missing the season. This is a guy who really has only had the two superlative seasons in his career. In the last two, he's been awesome and underrated. And all of that snub talk is real. But he's going to turn 30 in September going into 2022. How many teams are going to be champing at the bit to pay $25 million a year? I mean, he he compared himself to Khalil Mack on his Instagram story. He thinks he should be getting that Khalil Mack money. And so I don't know that there's going to be a market like that for him out there. Could they find a trade partner? Maybe, but only on a reworked deal. So that means someone's going to have to give him a deal that he wants to play for. That is a tough ask. I, I, I don't want to get too far down the road of what's going to happen and what could happen and all that stuff because we do have a game to prep for here. So Zadarius Smith, not going to play. We knew he wasn't going to play. He's on IR. I think we have to move forward just assuming he's not going to be around. So I do think we have to, we have to consider when Malvin Ingram was out there, I said, hey, maybe sign this guy. If no one is going to give him any money, that's stupid. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, who the Packers are playing this week, are, got him for, for pennies. They're paying him pennies to play, and he's been awesome as a rotational pass rusher. He does not, he does not have the, the legs anymore to be that down-to-down -down ass kicker that he used to be. I mean, he used to be an absolute monster. You could play him anywhere. He's not that guy anymore, and that's okay. The Packers could have brought in someone like that. They could have used draft capital on someone that had a little bit more pedigree. They're relying on Jonathan Garvin and Chauncey Rivers and some of these backup players who I just don't think are the kind of top talent that you really want now when you need an outside linebacker three. The drop-off after Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary for this team is enormous. It's enormous. And I was talking with Mike Wall, former Packers offensive lineman, about this the other day. I don't think a lot of people realize the gap between first string and second string, even in a team that is deep, the, the, that fall off is enormous. And the Packers are seeing that right now. There, there is not really anyone to go out and just sign 
So it's going to have to be a trade deadline move or something like that for the Packers to get this figured out. Now, this week, Elton Jenkins still not going to be ready to go in all likelihood. So that means Yash is going to be out there again. Yash Nijman, and he's going to be playing Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt and Melvin Ingram and, and a very good group of pass rushers for Pittsburgh. They don't have to blitz a ton because they can get to you with four. So I think it's going to be a very similar game plan for the Packers. Get the ball out quick. Now, the Pittsburgh Steelers know that. So the Packers are going to have to be ready for whatever counters Pittsburgh comes up with, whether it's playing more press, maybe it's playing off and just saying, if you want to take slant routes, we're going to sit on them. If you want to take hitch routes, we're just going to sit on them and tackle. We're not going to let you beat us over top. We're going to play our two deep safeties. Well, the problem with playing your two deep safeties is that's not where Minka Fitzpatrick is awesome. It's just not. He wants to be a playmaker. He wants to be where the ball is. He wants to be robbing the middle of the field. He wants to be covering in the slot. He wants to be doing a little bit of everything. And so if you're going to play too high all game, then you are hurting your best player or, or one of your best players. I suppose TJ Watt is probably their best player. You are hurting your ability to use your players the way that you want. So is Pittsburgh going to do that? I don't know. I'm fascinated to see. Now they have, they have dudes up front with Cam Hayward and, and this defensive line, obviously TJ Watt and the outside linebackers I mentioned, they can control the line of scrimmage. The Packers did an excellent job against the 49ers in pass pro and in the run game. Duke Manyweather, who is a, an offensive line coach to the stars, uh, he, he posted a video of all the combo blocks. I mean, the Packers got after the 49ers on combo blocks. And John Runyon Jr. played well again. Josh Myers is playing extremely well. Royce Newman playing well. You've got Billy Turner just doing yeoman's work out there every game. And it seems like he's not going to get credit for it just because... I don't know. And Yash settled in. He did. He settled in. He got much better after some early issues and they were able to give him help. They were able to uh, block Nick Bosa with whoever. I mean, it wasn't just Nijman. It was Alan Lazard on cracks. It was Mercedes Lewis, um, not even on doubles, on just like, hey, Mercedes, you've got Nick Bosa 1v1 and he handled that responsibility. It is such a luxury for the Packers to be able to have that. So that part of it, the Packers are going to have to cobble some things together on the offensive line. Uh, it's going to be the same group, but but they have another tough test in front of them. And then at receiver, MVS, um, he's dealing with a hamstring injury, not going to be out there. And so they're going to have to find ways to keep pushing the ball down the field, even without him. Now, maybe that means elevating Equinemius St. Brown, 4-4 guy guy who can who can stretch vertically, especially from the slot. Maybe they use Big Bob Tunyon down the seam a little bit more to threaten vertically. We know from the slot, they love to push the ball down the field. So how are the Steelers going to play them? If the Steelers are going to play off, then it's not that different of a game plan. Maybe it's a more horizontal passing game, more Amari Rodgers, more Randall Cobb. That fits with how I expect a lot of teams to play the Packers. I don't know if the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to play the Packers that way. So that makes this discussion particularly interesting because of the matchups here. For whatever you want to say about Marquez Valdez-Scantling and the inconsistencies and the drops and all of that, by the way, for a day three pick, he is an absolute, no doubt, home run, awesome, awesome selection. But uh, he does have some inconsistencies. Now, 
All that said, his ability to get vertical, to threaten teams, to take the top off the defense, as it were, uh, is unique. There, there are very few players with his level of speed. And we saw this within the Rams game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Deshaun Jackson's ability to stretch the field changes their offense. And so unless you're going to use Devontae Adams down the field, and I don't think that's a bad decision this week because the Steelers do not have a lot of speed at corner. I think Devontae in those matchups can play well enough to get down the field. I think Alan Lazard in the slot can get down the field. He showed that against the 49ers. I do think we're going to see a lot more Randall Cobb in this game. I think we're going to see more Amari Rogers. And what I would love to see is stress eye discipline. Jet sweeps. Those screens, I think, were were really great at, at loosening up the defense and making them run sideline to sideline, making them cover horizontally and vertically. You have to be able to do both. And so more opportunities to get Amari Rodgers uh, the ball with a, with a chance to make a play in space. Randall Cobb, get, get him the ball with a chance to make a play in space. Make them tackle. This is this is a good defense, a very good defense, in fact. And but you have to you have to make them work. You have to make them play defense. Don't make it easy on them. And that is something that Matt LaFleur has excelled at over the years. And that Aaron Rodgers has excelled at over the years. Make them cover the entire field. So use the pre-snap motion. Throw those those RPO screens. Throw those glance routes off RPO. and, And continue to push the ball down the field the way that they have. Transition goes. Back shoulder fades. All of those good things that they did against the 49ers. I'm interested to see what the counters are going to be. What are the Steelers going to do to try and prevent that? Because in some ways, it is really, really tough to stop a back shoulder Devontae Adams fade. Because if you're going to play him over the top, they're going to get the back shoulder throw. And if you're going to play him in trail, Rodgers is going to throw it over top and Devontae is going to go get it. So it is it is really, really tough to play this offense when they're getting to the things that they want to get to. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They've got nine delicious flavors. Plus right now for a limited time, they have got a chocolate chip cookie dough chunk flavor. Mm. All of their limited time flavors have been incredible and they're all high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, and low in sugar. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends over at Just the Cheese. If you're like me, just about every day, you stare into your cabinet going, well, I don't have anything good in the house. If you're a cheese head, you probably love cheese as much as you love the green and gold. You know how the best part of a, of a grilled cheese sandwich is that cheese that melts off in the pan and gets crunchy? Well, Just the Cheese made a bar out of just that, which is why I started snacking on Just the Cheese. Just the Cheese brings you 100% cheese, no fluff, no filler, like you've never had it before as a salty baked snack. It's cheese and crackers without the crackers, which also means without the unnecessary carbs. My favorite is the jalapeno and cheese spicy combo, my wife's favorite as well. And there's no complicated recipes, no almond flour that makes you feel like you're eating health food, just natural cheese baked to a crunchy crisp to give you that great taste of Wisconsin cheese with the crackle of a cracker. Check it out at Quick Trip. Support two Wisconsin businesses in one. Pick up some glazers and just the cheese, just the cheese. You have never had anything quite like this. So I, I think when, when we look at this game, they have a very nice template 
for how to handle it. Because offensively, that's where the question marks are, are with the injury part of this, right? And this is this is strength versus strength. Offense against the, the Packers offense against the Pittsburgh defense is strength v. strength. And they're going to have to figure out some ways to make the protection work. I don't think Pittsburgh is going to go blitz happy. I think they're going to they're going to be content to say, we think we can rush our four, maybe sometimes five and and cover everyone, especially with MBS out. So the Packers are going to have to have some counters, maybe some more 21 personnel, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon on the field at the same time, A.J. Dillon back. After dealing with some injuries, Aaron Jones as well, he's going to keep playing with that that special necklace with his father's ashes in it that um, that the the equipment manager found, uh, which is just an incredible story. And I think that's something that that Green Bay, they've got experience with now. They understand, okay, this is how we can play in these moments and they should have confidence in their ability to handle that part of it. On the other side of the ball, the, the Packers defense against this Pittsburgh offense is an interesting battle because Pittsburgh is not going to throw it down the field. They are not going to do it. They do not want to do it. Ben Roethlisberger has been horrible doing it. And as uh, a friend of the show, Jake Morley, pointed out on Twitter the other day, this is not an offensive line problem, really. They have been top 10 in avoiding pressure. Ben Roethlisberger has, and he has been bottom five in completion percentage anyway. Anyway. He's just not being efficient and effective throwing the ball down the field, even when he's had time to do so. He's been slow to make reads. He's been playing like a rookie quarterback. I mean, he's playing poorly and, and it might just be over for him. Now, there is going to be the cynical Packer fan take, which I totally get. It's not, a, it's not unique to Packer fans. This is, this, is, this is the cynical fan take is, well, we all know how this is going to happen. The guy can't throw a ball downfield all season, hasn't been able to in two years, and he's just going to light us up. That is the cynical fan take. And there are people listening to this right now. That thought was in their brain. That thought was in their mind as we're talking about this. And I just don't see it. And and part of part of my my responsibility here is to play the percentages and just let you know, okay, this is this is what's been happening, right? Ben Roethlisberger has been playing like crap. That is the technical term. He's been playing like crap. He's been bad. And I think the offensive line is like fine. They've been playing okay in pass protection. Fine. They cannot open holes in the run game. They have been bad in the run game. Najee Harris has been, you know, he's been creating yards after contact, but it doesn't matter because he's being contacted two yards in the backfield. Kenny Clark is going to eat in this game. Kenny Clark is going to exert his will in this game. And this is going to be a situation where you got to pressure Ben. Because if you just sit back, you're you're giving him what he wants, which is time to, to throw and, and make decisions. Because right now, he's not processing quickly. He's getting the ball out quickly, but not making good decisions. And so if you can keep him processing quickly and and understanding he's going to start getting hits he's going to take hits he used to be a guy that that you were you were really risking at blitzing because he could just shrug off a corner or a safety if you're going to bring a smaller body even a, even a linebacker it's not like that anymore he doesn't want to get hit a he's not as nimble b and uh three uh he is just not making good decisions with the ball so you have to speed up his process give him an opportunity to throw you the ball and he will this is, this is somewhat similar to what the Packers were facing with Jimmy Garoppolo. I just don't have nearly as much faith in someone like Matt Canada to, to diagnose and, and find weaknesses the same way that I did with Kyle Shanahan. And what's interesting about the Kyle Shanahan situation 
is they didn't really find a lot of situations where they put the Packers in a bind. There were a couple nice plays. Um, I broke down the Eric Stokes tape for the leap yesterday with Oliver Davis, who is uh, Eric Stokes' personal DBs coach. Um, go check that out at the leap. Um, it's with one, I think it, for me, it's my favorite thing that we put out on the leap. It's, it's why I started wanting to do this, to tell these, these, these stories that really enrich your football knowledge that, that give you that unique insight. And so I, I encourage you to go check that out. But what he said was, you know, one, we were watching one of the plays and we, we broke down every target and one of the plays, there was just nothing Stokes could do because the curl defender had been sucked up off play action, the safety had to had to go to the flat uh, with the running back or no, it was a jet motion. So the safety's coming across the formation that left the middle of the field open. And Eric Stokes could only do so much. I trust Kyle Shanahan to dial up those kinds of plays. We don't have any evidence that Matt Canada is doing that. And, and that's not to say guys aren't open. Guys are open for Pittsburgh. Bench is not hitting them. He's not hitting them. He's not throwing accurate passes. It's really, really been bad. And they have some good guys. Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, Chase Claypool, Pat, Pat Firemuth, who they drafted, they're going to they're gonna throw the ball to Najee Harris a bunch. Tackling. Tackling is going to be essential in this game. If the Packers can tackle, and they've been one of the best tackling teams in the league this year, which can only be, I mean, it can only be a credit to this coaching staff because the same guys last year and the year before, a lot of the same guys, the last two seasons, have been not good tacklers. This has been one of the worst tackling teams in the league. And this year, they're one of the best. Now, maybe small sample size, but they look more assignment sure. And they look better tackling. I don't think that's a coincidence, especially when you bring in a linebackers coach to be your defensive coordinator, whether it's the way that they're drilling it, whether it's the way that they're empowering these guys to play fast and, and, and play with their hair on fire a little bit. We're starting to see this defense coalesce a little bit. And, and maybe this is the coming out party. I wouldn't be surprised. I really, I really wouldn't. One of those games where they get two or three interceptions, they return one for a touchdown, and they suffocate an offense that has been bad. Bad. This offense has been bad. And so you can't let a bad offense off the hook. You just can't. Like, if, if you want to be a championship-level team, you can't let this team have success against you when they've been really bad. And, and so, I mean, by, by DVOA, they are 24th in DVOA. And they are 29th in rush offense DVOA. 29th. Now, now DVOA does not have um, a big opponent adjustment right now. Um, the Packers, by, by contradistinction here, are... are um, they're not, they're not quite as high as maybe you thought you think they would be, but the last two weeks, you know, that's been offset by what happened in week one. They are 12th in passing offense and 16th in rushing offense. Um, I, I don't know what it would be if we just did um, the last two weeks, probably much higher. Uh, and, and I could look it up, I suppose, but we're live, so I can't do it right now. Uh, I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you after the game. We'll, we'll look at it next week. And then we have a month's worth of, of evidence in action. So, um, we are, uh, we are going to get to that. Uh, someone, Jamie is asking about the leap t-shirts. We have, um, been, been compiling the list of people who became founding members. Shout out to all of those people. Um, and, and we are going to be sending out a note to everyone to get addresses and t-shirt sizes so we can get those out, um, in, in the next, well, to place the order in the next week or two. And hopefully we can get those out to you as soon as possible. Thank you again. Presumably. Thank you, Jamie. 
and thank you everyone who has been a founding member at the leap. Um, I've, I've been really happy with, with the stuff that that's been happening and, and all the support that you guys have, have offered it. So, so thank you to everyone. Today's episode is brought to you by run your pool. This is such a cool site because they will, they will make it so easy for you to run a football pool with friends, family, office mates. They offer dozens of formats, survivor, pick them, squares, margin, confidence pools, 33. They host NFL, college football, one week games, full season games, playoffs, Super Bowl, and you can do it week to week if you want. You can brand it for your local business. And there are already 2 million fans who have made Run Your Pool part of their life. This is such a fun time because you can do it week to week. You could just do a week four pick them and put some money on it and do it. It's not like fantasy where you got to draft at the beginning of the year and then you got to follow it. Plus the NBA, NHL, they're just around the corner and they've got season long pools, PGA golf pools, still an option. Sanderson Farms uh, started uh, yesterday. And so you could, you could get on that. The PGA is basically a year round sport. So go today and go to runyourpool.com slash locked on or use the promo code locked on at checkout and you get $10 off. It's easy. Don't miss out. The NFL season is a great time to be on, on board with this runyourpool.com slash locked on. All right. So the uh, Nick Pope wants to know path to victory for the Steelers. Um, the path to victory for the Steelers is their defense plays lights out. TJ Watt is a man possessed. He's got two and a half sacks, a sack fumble. Um, they get a, they get a long special teams return. There's a pick six. Their defense has to be the reason they win. I don't think they're off. If, if this is a shootout, the Packers are going to win because I don't think the I don't think the Steelers' offense can score enough. And I think if you give if if Big Ben throws it fifty times, he's going to throw one or two to the Packers. I mean, he just is. That's just that's just what he is at this point in his career. So, I mean, the line is six and a half for a reason. Just is. So nothing on the injury report, I, I think, fundamentally alters the way that I feel about this game. Um, you know, obviously, the, the Zadarius Smith news I, I maybe changes how I feel about the team longer term. Um, you know, with Z, I think I think they're right there in the tier with the Rams and the Bucks. I think right now, without him, they're a tier below. Doesn't mean they can't win those games. Doesn't mean they can't go to the Super Bowl and win it. But um, clearly, Zadarius Smith is a big part of the quality of this team. That's just the reality of the situation. But for this week, we didn't expect Z to be out there. They can win the game without him. I expect them to win the game without him. It is a Milwaukee package game, a goal package game. So get there, get loud, and don't tell anyone to sit down. Please stand up, cheer, support your team, and when the Packers are on offense, STFU. That's what they want you to do. So please. Uh, and I, I think the Packers are going to win. I just, I just don't see offensively. I just don't see offensively how the Steelers are going to score enough. Now, if the steel, again, the Steelers defense could play lights up. And as, as Israel points out on the stream, the Packers have, have laid some eggs against team that are, that are not doing well. I don't think that means going into any game against a bad team. They should go, well, Packers are going to lose this one. No, the Packers are a better team. They're better. They're better. We know that. They're better. They have to play better. They have to play better than Pittsburgh to beat them. So Pittsburgh is not a bad team. They, they did not play well last week. They did not really play well in week two. And so that is, that is I think, indicative more of where they are than week one when they beat the, the Bills. And by the way, they only played a good half against the Bills too. And the Bills played their worst game of the season, much like the Packers did in week one. So 
I, I don't know that that Pittsburgh is particularly good. And uh, that, that is something that, that I think the Packers are going to be able to take advantage of. This offense is just not good enough for, for Pittsburgh. And I don't think the defense is, is built specifically in the secondary at corner to slow down this team. So I don't remember exactly what I said uh, uh, for a score uh, with, with uh, Chris Carter, but I have it in that sort of 24 to 17 kind of range. Uh, I think that's right. I, I, I don't think they're going to get to 30, but I think anything over 21 is a, is a great number for Green Bay. I think that, you know, the, the Bengals put up 24 last week. I think Green Bay can get more than that. 27, 20, 27, 17. I think the Packers win. I don't know that they win handily, but they could. Um, against the 49ers, I said, I felt like I could see anything happening in this game. I think the Packers could win by 10. I think the 49ers could win by 10. It's hard. It's hard for me to believe that the, the Steelers are going to win by 10. I don't see that, but I think the Packers could win by 10. I think the Packers could win by 14. The Bengals did. And I think the Packers are a much better team than Cincinnati. So that's just indicative of where Pittsburgh is right now. Uh, I, let's, let's have fun. 27, 17 Packers win, they cover and they go into uh, the first month of the season. I think overall feeling pretty good about where they are three and one. I think if you told any Packer fan that they'd be three and one through a month, they would take it. And so um, that's that's the Packers goal is to win this next one. And then that would make them three and one uh, subscribe on YouTube. If you haven't watched us on YouTube, why not? Please do that. Uh, and we have uh, a lot more to, to come this season. Uh, and, and it's an exciting thing. So um, YouTube. Check it out there. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.